And good morning. Very good morning to you, Corinne. A very early morning to you, Sabrina. Thank you. I woke up at the witching hour. Well, we'll try not to record this early again in the future <laughs> so that you don't have to do that. You know what? Uh, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Sabrina. Hello. And that is and Corinne. I'm, oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> Why are we so awkward? <sighs> Nothing's changed since the first episode. We're still just as uncomfortable. No. <laughs> nope. We are the same old Corinne and Sabrina from a year ago. Less than a year ago. Less than a year ago. Oh my gosh. Our year is coming up. It's just so crazy. I know. Not so. Like it's June and our year technically is August 14th. Uh, that's our one year anniversary and it's right smack in the middle of both our of our birthdays. birthdays it actually is right in the middle <laughs> clearly we favor august for everything <laughs> we'll just have a whole party month that would be fun it would be fun i was trying to figure out what to do for my birthday because i was uh with some friends celebrating another friend's birthday last night mm-hmm. and they were like what, what are we gonna do for your birthday it's coming up and i can't decide like it's hard. I don't know. What do people do when they turn 25? <sighs> it's a quarter century. it seems like I shouldn't do anything big, but it's also like, well, it's 25. But it's like, okay, but then in a few years, I'll be 30. So 30 seems more important. Yeah. Every birthday is important because you're growing and you're learning more things in life. I sound... You survived. Yeah, you survived. I never think of birthdays as growth. I just think like, wow... I survived again. <laughs> 365 days of not being murdered. I mean, it is very impressive. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if you lived in a time where people died really young because you're all about survival as if it was a really difficult thing to obtain. Maybe. That's true. I don't know. My parents aren't like that. The rest of my family's never thinking, "Wow, good job. We lived another day." <laughs> Just you. Whereas I do. Oh, and before we forget, we do want to say thank you to one of our Patreon donors. We mistakenly left them out of the list when we recorded last, but a big special thank you to our overactive sager Alejandro for donating in June. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm having the craziest eye twitch in the world. (laughs) It just won't stop. Oh no. It's too early. Well, should we just get to the, let's just do the stories now. Oh, okay. This is, okay. This is an encounters episode. Yes. So encounters. We're just going to do, 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 do. read your stories back to you. My eye is just going to keep twitching the entire time. Yeah. That's why. Let's just skip our banter and go to the stories to make it a little. <laughs> Sabrina's going to do this one eyed. She literally is closed shut her eye that's twitching. I can see it twitching. It hurts. I need potassium. I don't know if that's a true fact, but someone once told me that if your eye is twitching, you need potassium, so you should eat a banana. It might be one of those other facts that I've just trusted someone on, and I don't know You're if it's in true. potassium. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the same. Um, well, do you I'm sure we'll hear about it. Go first. Sure. Okay. Okay. This is from Charlie. It's called Monday Spookies. Ooh. And I actually worked with Charlie. We worked together. So he is a coworker. Oh. But I no longer work there. So. So you know personal relationship. Personal relationship. We So he sent like a lot of his stories, basically like a timeline of since he was young and everything that happened. But I'm going to go ahead. Sorry, Charlie. (laughs) And skip forward to college and on. Okay. So Charlie says, hi, ladies, blah, 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 blah. Basically explains Sabrina, Corinne and I are coworkers, (laughs) Corinne. Hey. (laughs) Okay. College time. When I was an RA my sophomore year, I was in a a 700 freshman residence hall. I had a really bad year that year and hoped that the RA job would help out. It sort of did, but not 100%. Anyway, we had to do our building rounds in pairs as there were 16 of us on the staff and 700 students. That seems like not enough staff to students, just saying. Yeah, that's a 
and college students. Although RAs are college students too. It's just all college students. Yeah, but like just trying to like and that's harder too because being a college student trying to tell college students what to do, it's like you have no authority over them. Except maybe freshmen, though. I remember being scared of my RAs. Because it's your first year and you're like, I don't want to get kicked out. <laughs> okay. Occasionally when the building was quiet during the weeks, before the students moved in, I would hear doors opening and closing on my side of the floor. Mm. Only problem was that all of the doors of the rooms were closed and locked, oh. as were the windows. And I know this because I closed and locked everything myself. I never actually saw them and quickly wrote the noises off as my other staff members slamming their doors elsewhere in the building. Nobody admitted to it, though. Because it was a ghost. After the, student, <laughs> after the students moved in, I never really heard anything like that again. Until a couple days before spring break in March, when I was doing rounds, our building basement had a large lounge, the family room, a laundry room, and the math assistant's office. What a random collection That's, of things. Well... The math assistant's office is clearly for people like me. I'd probably live there. <laughs> but why is it in the basement of a dorm building? Because it's embarrassing to not know how to do math. So you don't <laughs> want people to see you, so you have to go to the basement. The family room and the area with the math lab were separated by a 15-foot-long cement floor and walled hallway that was maybe six feet wide. We all agreed it was creepy. <laughs> On the night in question, my co-RA... And I split up to finish quicker since there were almost no students in the entire building. Work smarter, not harder, right? I agreed to take the basement as it's very quick. Just a straight shot to make sure all of the doors on the outside are locked and closed. I entered the creepy hallway and got about 10 feet down it towards the family room when I heard something smack the door behind me. Not the sound of the door closing, but someone hit the inside of the door hard. Oh my gosh. I turned around, and as I turned, the door started to shake. This was a metal fire door, not a flimsy wooden one. While the door was violently shaking, I saw that about five feet from me was a floating black outline of a person's head, shoulders, and upper torso. No face. But I could tell that it was staring at me. <gasps> Ooh, oh, that's, that's such a creepy. weird... Like, no eyes, no face, but you know that it's intention and it's... Because you can... Direction is towards you. And when and when any other ordinary person looks at you, you have there's a feeling that comes with someone looking at you. Right. That's why people like yeah. open their eyes or turn their head to look at someone else because you can feel when someone is looking at you. Looking it's into weird. your soul. We both stood there looking at each other for what felt like an hour before the shaking stopped and the figure disappeared in a blink. Oh my gosh. Needless to say, I ran through the rest of the rounds. No one else said that they had seen anything down there before. The last one is the most unique, so his last experience. Okay. My freshman year, I went to an event on campus where the ghost hunter where a ghost hunter was coming to campus to talk about his experiences. Being the weird fan of the paranormal, I went without any of my friends who had better things to do that <laughs> Their loss. Seriously. When I got into the event, I was given a raffle ticket that the staff said would be for later. The presentation was super interesting, and at the end, 10 numbers flashed up on the screen. Anybody with one of those numbers on their raffle ticket was going to go on a ghost hunt <gasps> in a few buildings Whoa. on campus. Guess whose number was up there? That is so cool. So cool. Oh, I would have been so mad if my ticket didn't get pulled. I would have just like snuck in there. Right. Just follow them around. Yeah. So we gather in one of the smaller meeting rooms and go to the oldest building on campus, which contains the president's office as well as several senior administrators. Of course, we are in the basement and we are in the dark. The ghost hunter started asking questions and talking about his methods when going on an investigation. He took a few EVP recordings and let some of us ask questions, letting us know that if he found anything interesting, he would post them on his website within the next few days. I wasn't really expecting much to come of it, and boy was I wrong. We don't hear anything except a door closing somewhere down the hall. So he brings out the spirit box, which is a device that rapidly changes radio frequencies to allow spirits to speak through. I probably butchered that, so please correct me if I'm wrong. No, I think that's what it I is. That's what it is, too. Yeah. We listen to the box and continue asking questions. 
Is anybody here with us? Static. Are there any spirits who wish to talk to us? Static. How many spirits are with us? Static. Us. <gasps> Static. Oh, I just have chills everywhere. <laughs> yep. The word us came through the spirit box. I think someone gasped. I definitely shook my head and stared at the box. Then he asked us the next question. Then he asked the next question. Are you safe? Static. No. <gasps> Static. Oh. Chills down my spine. Eventually, we figured out that we were talking to the spirit of a girl who had hanged herself because of her <gasps> abusive boyfriend. No. The energy of the boyfriend was keeping her from moving on. The first time she, the spirit, mentioned him, there was a slam and a breeze through the hallway that we all felt. I even asked the question of when she died. The answer? Static. Help! Static. Oh. The ghost hunter did something to give her positive energy and help her move on. Her last words to us were static. Light. Static. Going. <gasps> static. Safe. Static. What? After that, we got no more answers. The air seemed to lighten in the cramped hallway after that. We went to another building, which is supposed to be famously haunted, but nothing came from the spirit box. Around midnight, I went back to my hall and did not sleep well that night. You all know what the spookiest part of this whole story is? I can't find any trace of this event happening on the school's website. The calendars still go back to 2012 and there's nothing listed Whoa. for this event if i remember his name i'll send a follow-up email so yeah those are my stories please keep doing what you're doing i'm so excited to see where you are all able to take this you're doing great work stay spooky charlie whoa <laughs> so basically he went to this event got picked via the raffle to go on a ghost hunt ended up actually making contact with the spirit and not only making contact with the spirit but helping the spirit cross over yeah that's amazing oh i'm so jealous <laughs> but then so jealous. i'm so i'm very curious as to why the school's website doesn't have any record of it that's like that's a little strange I know. Like, did something happen that they wanted to erase the history of it? He did end up um, finding the name of the ghost hunter, but I don't know if he found it on the website. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Being, I feel like being an RA, you kind of get insight into parts of the school that other people wouldn't. And it's interesting, too, because, like, the ghost hunt was freshman year and the RA experiences were sophomore year. And so just... His first two years going to college were just full of ghosts, filled with ghosts, kind of like ours. That's true. That's true. Ours were all all four years for me. Yeah, I lived in active places. Were any of the houses that you lived in? I mean, like the dorms were very much haunted, but no. Oh wow, we had a lot of stuff happen freshman and sophomore year, and not as much junior senior year when we moved into our house yeah but and we'll just have to have marissa talk about it because she's got a million stories but yeah junior and senior year there was plenty happening but it was mostly targeted at marissa so yeah and i feel we like, witnessed things but she was the one actually having things happen and i feel like the two of you with each other kind of builds Drum this, up like, a lot of spirits. energy that is very like come here come at me spirits yeah, I don't know what it is because there's something like I'll see things and hear things and witness things, but Marissa has things touch her, manipulate her phone, that. push her. Like she gets targeted physically. Right. And I don't know what the difference is between our energies where I just am witness to all of this and just like, okay, cool, man. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> and then Marissa's all of a sudden like, getting her head pushed in the bathroom and weird stuff yeah that's crazy yeah but man <sighs> i'm trying to remember where charlie went to school i think he went to unh university of new hampshire hmm. my apologies if i got that wrong but i think that's where he went which makes sense new england college yeah. i mean a lot of the universities are haunted because they're so much older they have so much more history and think about how many people pass through. Yeah. That's so many different energies going through every single year. Yeah. So 
Wow. Makes sense. Do you want to find out what's in the garage? No, <laughs> but I'll listen. Hi, ladies. I searched high and low for a podcast that discusses the occult, and I'm so thankful that I, ha- that I have your podcast to listen to. It's amazing. Here's my story. I've always been interested in the occult and paranormal and a horror movie fanatic since I can remember. When I was about 12, I was sitting outside on a very warm summer night in Palmdale, California, with my cousins, my aunt, and my uncle, who were around the same age as me. My grandparents just purchased a big new house here in a brand new subdivision that was basically empty and is still a construction zone. The neighbor's house is directly across the street, and they had moved in a few months before my grandparents, but on this particular night, it looked like no one was home. We sat outside on the driveway facing the neighbor's house, just talking and enjoying the comfortable desert weather, and I look across the street, and on the edge of the roof of the house across the street, I see what I could only describe as the all-black shape of a person crouching down. Oh, no. I did a double take, and I swear, whatever that thing was turned its head, and even though I could not see its eyes, I knew that it saw me. That's terrifying. Again. Yes, and we didn't didn't plan this either. I'm proud of us. See, this is what we talk about, how we... (laughs) We're insane. We don't plan. We do work, but we don't plan. (laughs) We just... The patterns find themselves. Our brains have linked to each other and are doing the work for us. Yeah. Wait, sorry to interrupt this story, but did you see the video? I believe someone posted it. Maybe I just found it in my YouTube binges, but it was a video of this man who, I think he was a politician or I don't know what he was, but he had his son with him on the news and they were being interviewed. And it was really, really creepy because when his son was talking, his dad was mouthing everything his son was saying. Like at the same time, and it was super creepy. And everyone's like, "Like, what's happening?" The dad like manipulated him, like gave him a script, or this kid is actually a puppet, like all this stuff. And then all these psychologists and specialists came in and said, "Like, no, that's just something like people can kind of like link up like that, especially when they're parent and child, right?" And whoa, something similar happened to me the other day, and my dad kind of freaked out. What happened? We were talking to one of our neighbors, Lindsay, and she was telling a story. So obviously I had no idea where the story was going. And at one point she says a word and puts up her hand to do air quotes. And I hadn't been looking at her. I was looking at my dad. And at the same time, I put up my hand and did air <gasps> quotes with her. And my dad freaked out. And he was like, what? 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 You just did the same thing. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. It just I happened. must have just linked up to her. Oh, my like, God. up to her brain. <laughs> Whoa. It was weird. That is weird. What if you and I yeah. across the country are doing the same things at the same time? Maybe we are. We wouldn't really we know. We wouldn't know. Okay, back to Samira's story. So even though I could not see its eyes, I knew that it saw me. All the hair on my body stood up, and before I could even put together words to tell my family to look at the thing, the creature stretched out long, dark wings that looked torn and dirty and jumped off the roof into the neighbor's yard and out of view. Wait, do we know where this is? This is California, but it does sound like the Jersey Devil. It kind of sounds like the Mothman, too. Ooh, I didn't think about that. I asked everyone afterwards if they saw it and nobody did, but they knew I was creeped out, so we all went inside the house. After years of constantly waking up at 3 a.m., feeling like there was something in the house with me, even when I was alone, hearing whispers and other scary experiences, fast forward to 2013. I'm living in El Segundo, California with my boyfriend, Ryan, and our roommate, Sarah. In the building we lived in, we had a community garage, and we took turns parking our cars there. I always got a strange feeling when I was in the garage, like there was someone or something in the little storage shed in there watching me. I would run from my car to the garage door sometimes because the feeling was so overwhelming. One day, Ryan asked me if I got a weird feeling down there, and I was surprised to hear that from him because he's definitely a skeptic, but I was glad I wasn't the only one. Then, about a month later, Sarah, our roommate, asked us the same thing, and that was confirmation enough that something was definitely down there. We basically avoided the garage a lot after she said she felt it too. It was too scary. A few months later, like everyone in L.A., we moved in with a different set of roommates in a condo in Redondo Beach. 
Late on Thanksgiving night, Ryan and I came home and the house was empty. We immediately went to our room to get ready for bed. I changed and laid down in our bed and Ryan walked out of the room to use the bathroom. A split second later, he asked me to grab a sharp pair of scissors I kept by the bed and bring them to the bathroom. I grab them and casually walk over to the door and I see him standing outside the bathroom door like he was holding it shut. He was completely white like all the blood had been drained from his body and was staring at me with wide eyes. Oh my gosh. I asked him what was wrong and he told me that someone was in the bathroom. That when he reached for the doorknob, that when he reached for the doorknob, someone pulled the door open hard like they were trying to open it and pull him in. But he grabbed the door and but he grabbed the doorknob and shut it. Of course, I'm freaking out thinking there's an intruder in our place and Ryan is yelling outside the door. When we finally open it, nobody was in there. Ryan knows what he felt and there was nothing in the bathroom that could have caused the door to open like that. We think that whatever was in the garage with us at our previous apartment followed us there and has continued to follow us to this day. We now live in Austin, Texas, and our apartment backs the woods. Our dog will often growl at something in the woods. Our cats will walk into a room with all of their hair standing up randomly. And we both have seen a figure or eyes back in the woods. Needless to say, Ryan is now a believer. Anyways, thanks for listening. Love the podcast. Looking forward to hearing more things about the paranormal. See you on the other side. Sam. I wonder why she was the only one to see the thing on the on the roof of the of her neighbor's house and if that has anything to do with what's followed her clearly it's followed her around southern california and then all the way to texas it makes me wonder if things like the mothman or stuff like that is not actually bound to one geographical location but bound to someone and so everyone sees the mothman in chicago because someone moved to chicago and has this thing attached, which Ooh. maybe we'll start getting Mothman sightings in Austin, Texas, and now we know it's Sam. <laughs> it's Sam's little... But Sam's never been in Chicago, as far as her story goes. Yeah, but there can be multiple. Yeah. There's more than one ghost, more than one demon. Right. It also makes me wonder, if it's not the Mothman, if it's just some darker entity that has wings... Yeah, the wings really freak me out. It's almost like a fallen angel, like the image of darkness. Yeah, but it could have just been like a bad omen of sorts of like, because she was 12 years old when she first saw that. And it could have been like, like intended for her to see because since then, and through her adult life, she's been feeling and waking up at 3 a.m. and feeling weird things and hearing whispers and being followed by something dark. It also sounds, though, as scary as it is to be followed by something so dark. Just the fact that she's been followed by the spirit for so long makes me... I would think that the natural progression would be that it would get way more um, strong and daring and start doing stuff that would harm her. Mm-hmm. And yet she seems to be doing a really good job at just keeping it at bay. It's almost like a watcher. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does seem like a watcher because it's kind of from afar. And it, Mm -hmm. okay, I just thought of this. It's weird because it seems like it's watching from afar, but then when they're not home, it like goes through their things. And when they came home from that Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving dinner, they like caught it in the act. And so it was trying to like. Because I wonder if it could be categorized as they as well. I don't know enough about fairies, so we should do an episode. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that's just so weird that it goes through their stuff. Like what are you trying to find? What are you trying to do? I don't know. Is it just the act of Ooh, I don't know. It actually <laughs> reminds me a lot of um Liz Sauer who does Ghosts in the Burbs, that podcast that we love. Yes. It reminds me of some of the stories that she's done. Because there are ones where like creatures will make agreements with people. People mm-hmm. and it's like, well, if I can use your stuff or live in your home or use your energy or whatever, oh. you get A, B, C, and D. So, Sam, is there something that you are not telling us? Did you make a deal with the devil? <laughs> At 12 years old? <laughs> Probably not. But truthfully, but. truthfully, 12 years old would be the time to do it and not take it seriously. And you never know. Maybe she used a Ouija board and something came through and she didn't know. Yeah. Just a 
normal little sleepover. Or maybe she was like really mad at her parents one night and said, go to hell. And then hell came to her. I almost laughed at that. And then I thought about if that actually like was a thing that would happen. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would be. No, I don't think I've ever said go to hell. I think because my house growing up was very haunted and it had some dark energy in it. We did say go to hell to my parents. And actually, I was talking to my mom about it last night where we kind of think that like something kind of touched my brother too because when we were moving out of our house in um, Skillman in, in Hopewell, New Jersey, we found a knife and a belt hidden on top of a closet and we're convinced that my brother put it there. Uh... Did he have any memory of doing that? He won't admit to it. And we're like, hmm. And he's kind of, I don't know. Do you think maybe he did it? Maybe he was in the early stages of possession or something. And he didn't even realize he did it. He knew that something dark was there maybe. But he didn't know that when he was sleeping, it took over his body and did these things. The other option I was trying to convince my mom of, because I'd rather believe that it was someone else and not my brother, that someone broke into our house and put those there in order to – because, like, you've heard of criminals who go into people's houses and put their weapons in a certain place to come back to later when they're going to make their attack. Yeah, actually, there was a serial killer who was caught in Alaska, but he had killed – a couple in Essex, Vermont, which is the town right next to mine. Oh, my gosh. And he had gone there a year before and buried a kill kit in the earth. And then he came back and grabbed his kill kit oh my and gosh. went and killed, killed them. Well, I'm glad we moved out of that house because we inadvertently saved our lives. Yeah. You never know. You could totally have been one of those, those families that – a movie or television shows based after. I'm not convinced that my life isn't actually a TV show and everyone's watching it, but I don't see the cameras. Okay. (laughs) That TV show is just going to be like a very tired, tired Sabrina (laughs) being like, I have to do another thing. My eyes twitching today. Keeping up with Sabrina. So exciting. I was voted most likely to be on a reality TV show in high school. Wow. Yeah. Were you dramatic in high school? Oh, the most. Is that why you were voted? I was the most theater kid possible. You know what my mom and I were talking about the other day? Because I was saying, I was like, you know what? I wish I hadn't spent freshman year summer and sophomore year summer of college out in Los Angeles doing acting. I wish I'd just gone home and enjoyed my summers. Mm. My mom said, I wish you did too. And I never really understood the acting thing. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, you just decided senior year that you wanted to act, having never done anything in acting before, and then moved out. She was like, you were never had any interest in theater. You never did any, like, and it's true. I still don't have any interest in theater. I I was never. Whoa. I thought you were always interested in it. I didn't know it was just like a. No, senior year, I was like, I could do television and film. And I moved out and started auditioning. It was just like a split second decision. Impulsive. And then, well, I also could never do theater because I don't like people looking at me. And it's different when you're on set (laughs) filming. I think it's a different vibe. And I could do that. But I don't like people looking at me. I don't like attention. And also, I would never really make it as an actor because I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> so. And the whole attention thing, if you're an actor, attention is all you get. I just mean like while I'm while I'm doing – well, yeah. No, I don't like attention. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is why you're not an actress. Yeah. So it was a few years of my life that it took over and I – Wish I never did it because it didn't really make sense. I just maybe decided it and then I think I there was, was a, like, oh, well, I made the decision. So now I have to go through with it. Maybe there Which, was a ghost who put the thought in your mind. You were trying to figure out who you were. It's a part of your journey. It was. And I, if I could rewind, I would have skipped that part. <laughs> Everything in life teaches you something. It teaches me. You know what it taught me is when I 
don't want to do something to just not do it because I stuck with acting way longer than I should because I was like, well, I owe it to my family. I owe it to other people. I put some money into this. I have to keep going. No, I should have just stopped. Well, I think that's the thing with anything is people are afraid of failure when failure doesn't show weakness. It just shows a time of for you to reevaluate. And a lot of people come out stronger from failing. And I think the universe was trying to give me a sign too that to like try it out because did you audition to get into the LMU's theater department? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone did, right? Everyone either sent in audition uh-huh. tapes or they went there and auditioned. Yes. I went into LMU requesting to come in as undeclared because I was kind of like, do I want to major in mm. psychology? Do I not? I'll just take classes first. I wanted to come in undeclared. And they put me as a theater major. I did not request it. Whoa. And I did not audition. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll go in first semester as a theater major. It was a sign and I did to it for it. a semester and then dropped it. Oh, my but- gosh, Corinne. This was – had you not been declared as a theater major, you would have never met me that first week of school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Oh, look at us now. Because, yeah, I slipped through the cracks and it wasn't like I requested to do theater. I requested to do nothing. <laughs> wow. The, Corinne, we were brought together by the universe. This is all meant to be. You guys are meant to be listening to us talk about our own lives I'm getting a little nervous now because it's I'm kind of having flashbacks to listening to the black tapes. And I'm like, what if this was all puzzle piece and we're talking about ghosts and it's actually just to unlock something <gasps> in the universe and release it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very possible. I think about that often. While we're on spooky. Are you going scary to? Things, I'm going to. Okay. This is called Night Fishing with Ghost Child. Oh, my God. Sabrina, you actually can't follow along to this email because I um, – Okay, so this story comes with a photo, and we wanted to share the photo with you. But the women who sent it, Nikki and Brittany, they had a lot of extra information um, in the email. And the who they think is in the photo um, – It's a more recent death, and so I wanted to edit their email a bit to leave out some of the more descriptive parts uh, just for the family of this person because the family is very much still alive and with us. This this is a more recent event. Oh, my gosh. That was very kind of you. Yes, I know everyone's going to be mad about that and everyone's going to try to make people tell them who it is, but just please don't. Just enjoy the photo. Yes. Get creeped out and leave it as it is. If you happen to find yourself at this place and capture a similar photo, then you know that's your confirmation. So, yeah, here we go. Okay. Hi, ladies. I wrote to you last month and remembered another story you may like. Or hate, like we do, but it's creepy, so here it is. Warning, I am attaching pictures, and it may scare you from months slash break your heart, (sighs) which it did. Corinne, since so you read this first, and then you shared it with me because it stuck with you. Yes. And then so, yeah, I actually, it, it is stuck with me, and I brought it up actually on Friday night because I was like, it it's the one of the craziest things I think we've received. Yeah, it's – well, I'll read yeah. it and then we'll talk. Okay. My coworker and I are writing this together. Her fiancé's family went fishing at a beach. One of the men caught a big shark, so they took a picture. This was taken around midnight. At some point, someone noticed that there was a little girl in the picture, and there were no children on this beach with them. She was looking at the men like, why are you here? What are you doing? She also sadly looks burned. They did some research and realized that this beach was nearby a plane crash. They took the picture to a medium, and before they even sat down, the medium said, I don't want to talk about the picture you're going to show me. Supposedly, the beach is so haunted that mediums won't even go near it. 
The ghosts that inhabit the beach do not know that they're no longer living. My coworker and I did some research of our own, uh, and we believe we found out who it is. I've attached the picture for you as well. See you on the other side, Nikki and Brittany. It is the most clear photo I have ever seen. It's so clear that I have to, the few times that I've told the story to other people and brought up the the photo, they have to ask me, wait, where's the ghost? Yeah. And when I point at the girl, they say, what? Because it looks like just another person. Oh, I have chills. It oh, is. Oh, my gosh. It, once everyone sees the photo, and you should look at the photo maybe right now, go to our Instagram, unless you're driving. Don't do it then. But it it is so clear. And I would say that she's not looking at them like, what are you doing here? But she's looking at them like, oh, there's other people here. Like, it's not – it doesn't look like angry or like – it just looks at them like inquisitive. Like no, she's curious. Yeah. And what's even more heartbreaking is that it's it's a little girl. It's, it's a, a child. child. It's a child. And you don't want a child to be stuck here. You want them to move on and be yeah. with people up above who love them and can take care of them. And, I mean, it sounds like this site has all of the spirits who are involved in the nearby plane crash. But yeah. So there are others, but then it also comes to like the most confusing thing for me too is about um, when people, when there are tragedies like this, the distinction between um, it actually being spirits that are trapped and it being residual energy. Yeah. But this seems like very clearly a spirit stuck there. Yeah, because it's not like they're going through the motion of... And she's almost interacting with them in a way. Oh, man. And it... But, okay, here's the thing. The medium said that this place is is a very well-known haunted place and that mediums won't go there, which makes me think that there are multiple spirits on that beach and that maybe she's not entirely alone kind of like a lost situation yeah i don't know it's just so tough like i have such a hard time thinking about this photo because yeah it's it's so it's both very creepy because it's just so clear and you know that this person who is on the film was not there this night yeah and nowhere near them no one saw this this child so you know that it is the spirit of someone which is scary but then it's also just so incredibly upsetting yeah oh i don't know what to think of it Uh, but yeah the first time i saw it i was like oh my god and so we'll put we'll put the photo on instagram uh, there are a few other men that are in the photo, but I'm going to blur out any their faces, faces or tattoos uh, or whatever. So really, the focus will just be on, oh, here's the photo. I already blurred it out to prepare. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I just oh keep looking God, at it. Baby. It's so, yeah. Me too. It's so sad. Just wearing her little sneakers and looking up at the men. Oh, my God. breaks my heart. Oh. Everyone look at it and let us know what you think. We'll post it on instagram and our facebook it really freaks me out yeah so we we were sent this email a long time ago and i've been wanting to read it but it was kind of like us going back and forth like do we do we not because it's just so sad very sad very very sad but definitely the clearest photo we've ever seen yes all right what are you gonna end with (sighs) okay So remember, I can't remember what episode it was. We did an episode where I was looking for an email and I couldn't find it for the life of me and I was searching all the search terms. Mm -hmm. Well, when I searched all the search terms two days ago, it came up with no problem. So I'm going to read that one. (laughs) That's weird. I know. It didn't want to be read. Apparently not. 
Uh, okay. This is from Julia and the subject line is my encounter. She says, Hey ladies, I love the podcast. My friend is obsessed with you guys and she's gotten me hooked on your show. You guys help me get through the real life terror of work. So thanks so much <laughs> for that. I like to tell you guys about an encounter that I had when I was three years old. Every year, my mom and my aunt will host Thanksgiving and Christmas family dinners. My mom usually hosts Thanksgiving while my aunt takes Christmas. But in 1998, it fit their schedules better to switch the holidays for the year. I think it's because there were some pretty serious relationship troubles with my aunt and uncle at the time, which my family thinks contributed to what happened. So, Thanksgiving... So... Thanksgiving evening rolls around and about 15 or so members of my family are gathered at my aunt's house. My aunt has four children. Her youngest is a girl. I'll call her Katrina here. She's similar in age to me and we used to be really good friends growing up. My cousins seem to have an amazing collection of toys and games that I couldn't begin to hope of having as a kid. I have a I had a tendency to get a bit jealous of everything that they had, so my little brain hatched up a plan. I excused myself mm-hmm. from the dining room to go to the bathroom. I started down the hall, but I walked right past the bath- bathroom and went for my cousin Katrina's room, using only the lights from the dining room to light my way. My plan was to sneak into her room and play with whatever fantastic toys I could get my hands on, then eventually return to dinner as if nothing had happened. It didn't occur to me at the time that my prolonged... <laughs> what a cute little plan. I know. She says, it didn't occur to me that at the time, my prolonged absence would probably be noticed by my family. But hey, I had to get my hands on those dang Polly Pockets. (laughs) I'm able to slip into her room unnoticed and survey my surrounding as to where to begin my toy hunt. A little description of her room for you guys. You could definitely tell it was a room for a two-year-old girl. The walls were painted baby pink. The furniture was white and covered with white lace dollies. With white lace and dollies. Dolls, unicorns, teddy bears, and the like were displayed along the shelves. Everything had a sweetness and innocence to it. I start for the dresser that's sitting adjacent to the door because I can see plastic bins that have been slid underneath it. If her aunt is anything like my mom, she keeps the toys easily accessible but tucked away like this when not being used. I'm just imagining like Rugrats almost because this is a three-year-old girl we're talking about with this just like genius plan. Oh, it's so cute. And then, I mean, clearly this plan was important to her because very, she still remembers it. But there's another reason she remembers it. Are you ready? Oh, okay. Something catches my attention out of the corner of my eye, and I turn to see what it is. My blood run, runs cold as I look up to see a figure standing in Katrina's closet. He's tall, very tall, wearing a long black trench coat and a black hat. He's shrouded in darkness, and I can't make any distinguishable features except for one. Bright red eyes that are staring right back at me. I immediately scream and bolt out of her room. I flee into the dining room where the rest of the family is looking at each other with confusion and fear. My parents rush to my side, and I'm trembling and sobbing. My mother tries to hold me and comfort me while my father asks me what's going on. There's someone in Katrina's room, I cried. Some of the adults then rush down the hall into her room, and when they turn the lights on and search, they find that no one's there. They ask me to tell the full story, and I do. Some of them are skeptical. Some of them were freaked out. My grandmother, a little white-haired German lady who's always had a sixth sense, and come to find out later she had a similar experience with a similar entity, says, I always knew there was an evil in this house. Oh, my God. Grandma, stop scaring everyone. (laughs) Many years down the road, I was telling the story to a friend, the same one who introduced me to your guys' podcast, who has an interest in ghosts and a college minor in folklore. And she says, So cool. Why didn't I do that? (laughs) Why did you have to major, pretend major in theater for a semester? You could have done folklore. I don't know, LMU. Why did you stick me in theater when I could have been doing folklore? (laughs) That is a cool major. Or minor, whatever. Uh, okay. So her friend goes, my friend goes, oh, you saw the hat man. The what, I asked. <laughs> I've always been skeptical of so-called ghosts and entities and the like. And for the longest time, the experience that I had seemed to be just a fluke. Just because I thought I saw someone something once as a small and an impressionable child doesn't confirm the existence of something after life or something that 
that is not of this realm. My friend then went on to explain that the hat man, what the hat man is and could be and encouraged me to research the experiences of others. I did, and I was shocked to find out just how many people had encountered him. I even asked my mom to retell her side of the story, and it was almost exactly how I remembered it. Since then, I found a new passion for the paranormal. I'm still very skeptical with everything, but it's fascinating to see all the evidence building to prove that there's more to this world than there seems. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the other side. Julia. Julia! She saw the hat man. And again, again with the familial line for some reason. Yes. Hat man is frequently seen by different generations of the same family. Yes. And I wonder because she said she thinks that the parent her mom and aunt switched the holidays because of the the tensions going on with her aunt and uncle. Do you think the hat man was either there because of the tensions or was he causing them? Darker demonic entities tend to be attracted to negative energy and people right. fighting and make it so much worse. But all the stories with the hat man, he, I feel like he's never, it's always just as much as he is a shadow person, which is a type of demonic entity. Right. He doesn't seem to come with, I don't want to say like doesn't come with bad energy because he obviously does, but like, right. He doesn't seem to, elicit any extra pain or but but people have said that they've seen him when tensions are really high and that like his presence is almost i don't know what the right word is that that he does he does incite some type of fear or foreboding of something to happen Ooh, yes okay two things okay it makes me wonder is hat man actually attracted to negative energy and and bad things happening and fighting or is it just easier for him to come through during those moments oh and number two do you remember way back when when we had that listener story of that woman who would actually see a spirit who looked like hat man mm-hmm. might have been hat man who would enter the homes like look at her and make eye contact with her and then enter homes of people oh yeah and those people would soon pass away but that could be the angel of death too. Like there's just so many yeah. different – there's so many spirits out there that – and I feel like there are spirits who unfortunately passed away looking like the hat man. And when they appear, they might be confused for him. Yeah. It's every time I hear hat man, I want to do like the Batman. Hat Hat man. Oh, but this is why you don't go play with dolls because creepy things lurk around. Yeah, so don't play with toys. <laughs> this is the uh, Puritan era. We're going to start that again. Just be bored and do nothing. Yes. It's the safest way <laughs> until you are victim to hysteria and start accusing people of witchcraft. La-di-da. Good times. <laughs> Good times. Horrible times. I Oh, I finished Handmaid's Tale. It's been weeks and weeks of me mentioning it. Ugh. And I just, they had, I think it was the finale uh came out yesterday i am on episode five of season two it's so good it's really good everyone's always talking about like what is the future gonna be like what are we gonna you know like aliens and intelligence and all this stuff and ever since watching handmaid's tale i'm like it could be opposite we could just be going into the dark ages again yeah yeah i can't wait to see where technology goes so that you can be beamed up to mars yes yeah. Uh, yesterday actually i was thinking about we've talked about this before about that boy who was born in russia and he i think he's like in his late 20s now but oh, yeah the one who thinks he was yes his knowledge was like way beyond and he said that there was a war on mars and that the colony of people are actually underground i'll go find and them i, I volunteer as tribute i will go find them send me uh, if you Sabrina, this is a real question. Yeah. If you could go to Mars, but you had to do it like modern day where if you going to Mars is you doing a one-way ticket and you will die on Mars. You'll never be able to come back or see anyone again. Would you do it? Do I have to be alone? No. It's like, you know, how whoever was doing it, they were interviewing people, wanted to send like 10 people up to Mars. I would sacrifice my life for science. Yes. Really? Yes. 
I want to contribute to this universe. I want to learn what there is out there and I want to have that knowledge. And if it means that I have to die on Mars, I mean, to be the first person to die on Mars, how freaking cool is that? I'm actually surprised by your answer only because when we had talked last about what happens to our bodies after we die and I was like, everyone just scoop everything out of me that they need and then throw me in the trash. But you were like, no, I want a burial and to stay whole. But now you're willing to fling your body into space. Okay, to clarify, I was saying that I didn't like the way that some bodies are treated after death. And I think that although you're dead and your spirit has moved on, there's still a connection to your physical body, which is why like spirits show up. The Like the image we talked about, it's her physical – What she, it's you see her spirit in the way that she was on earth. So there's clearly still a connection to the body. And I think mm. there should be respect to a body, given to a body after death. Now it's making me wonder if if you do go to Mars and you die on Mars, are you actually going to be reincarnated into the colony inside of Mars instead of Earth? Your spirit has shifted over. Yeah, that's actually – Everyone's going to think that I'm on like ayahuasca or something. Well, that's actually – now I'm going (laughs) to – The colonies and the moons and Saturn. Well, I'm going to add to it, Corinne. What (laughs) – because you make – you saying that makes me think and wonder if – there are shadow people and hat men on Mars because is it universal or is it worldly? How far does it go? What is the reach? Can spirits exist on Pluto? Are there some aliens in another galaxy podcasting or talking around a campfire about all the crazy crap that they've been seeing? I don't know. This is why I need to go. I need to find out. Why? Well, I'm glad you didn't, and I don't want to encourage you to do so, but why didn't you apply this pastime around? Because I missed it. It was all over the news. <laughs> I live in a bubble, but and I'm, I don't I'm see anything. I'm so glad that you didn't. No. I don't have any qualifications, dude. Like, you need to have, like, like actual – like, a degree in things that could help build a colony. What can I do? Tell people ghost stories? That's not a skill. Yeah, you can. I thought that they had some average Joe Schmoes. I thought there was like a school teacher or I don't know. I don't know. But I'm glad you didn't because I can't even imagine. I know that you'd be excited and you'd be like, woo, I'm donating my life to science. But I would be crying. It would be like it would be like mourning the death of someone while they're still alive and looking at you in the eye. Yeah. That would be that. I'd have to say goodbye and and know that I was doing Never better again. things than what was offered. You're doing better things? Yeah, I'm doing Sabrina. better than what was offered on Earth. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys can theorize along. Let us know what you think. And then email us your ghost stories because we love sharing them. And they give us a lot of insight into the universe. And we have social media. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. iTunes. Please review us mm-hmm. if you haven't already. And then we have Patreon if you want to support us. And we have merch. Go check it out. I think that's it. All right. All right. Uh, we will. Cool. <laughs> See you on, on the, the other, other side. side. Very spooky.